Turn Up the Heat, part three. So this morning, um, this morning we're going to deal with the value of Christian community and fellowship, i.e. small groups. Um, and God has been uh, good to us, amen, really good to us. I was thinking uh, a few minutes ago some of the good things uh, you've heard me talk about for two or three weeks, that small apartment that we call a refrigerator in our house. It's a, a five, it's like you open the doors and like you want to go in and sit down and, uh, and it has five deals and the drawers close automatically, you know, you get so they close, but you know, back at Christmas it broke down. We had three different organizations came out and uh, we also had, you know, a, a member of the Geek Squad, uh, 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 Agent Mike, how many remember him? I said, I'm talking on the phone with him and Mike, uh, well, Mike, so he said, uh, Agent Mike. I'm thinking, well, okay, Agent Mike, call me the general. Well, anyway, uh, but I called another, after, after almost three weeks, called uh, uh, from, with Canon, Canon Appliances here in town. They sent a guy out, boy, and psh, Less than 10 minutes, he said, here's your problem. And he said, I'll order a part. It'll be here in 10, 10, to, 10 days to two weeks. Came back. When he came back, 20 minutes later, he plugged it in and said, it's working now. I said, you know what, God? I don't have to go to the garage anymore to get a bottle of ketchup. I can come right here. I mean, have you ever went up and just hugged your appliance? It's just like... It's, I mean, it will make you just hug your appliance, and I, I did that. So I, I'm so appreciative of the little things. First week, we talked about 180 degrees. We said water boils at 200 degrees. How many say 212? You'd be correct, all of you. 212 degrees. How important is that? 140 degrees is lukewarm. What did the Bible say in Revelation? Hey. I'd rather you be hot or cold than to be lukewarm. What am I going to do with you if you're lukewarm? Spew you out of my mouth. Spew you out of my mouth. So the value of turn up the heat of this message series is what we're calling it, of just moving at 212 degrees because the properties in that water begin to change. The molecules begin to change and steam comes out of that water. It starts boiling and steam, of course, has mighty, mighty, mighty power. But it doesn't happen precisely, not at 211, but precisely at 212 degrees. And so our goal in this series is to say, all of us, let's strive to get to 212 degrees. Let's say, God, I'm not going to function at 170 or 180. And your best, your best effort. Sir, if I come to church on Sunday morning you probably are still not going to get to 212 degrees. So some other things that you have to do and not just come to corporate worship, some disciplines that you have to have in your life. And we talked about that. We know that last week we talked about that you really get to, you don't really get to know a person until you travel with them. You know, you know whether or not they have a sense of direction if you rented a car and they're driving. You don't, know, uh, you don't know some of their idiocraties until maybe if you have to room with them. I gave you my own personal experience. Uh, the disciples traveled with Jesus, and they found out a few things that 
All of a sudden, he'd just disappear. Well, where did you go? Well, I went to pray. Had to get alone. I don't know how he stood it with those guys. Here's the perfect, the perfect son of God having to put up with a bunch of guys who were just plain ordinary, some of them fishermen. How, how do you do that? And the reality is when you travel with them, they found that Jesus, he didn't want to go to the, to the palaces. He, he wanted to go where the people were. He wanted to go where the lady had been married five times. What in the world is he doing up the stand? They're talking to her. Doesn't he know what her history is? Well, those are the people that he loved. Stood around and he'd go have dinner with the crooks, tax collectors. They couldn't get their head around that. But they traveled with him and found out, buddy, he's got some things. And time? He didn't care about the time. Don't you know we're supposed to, supposed to be in Capernaum? You know, at 3.30 this afternoon, and you're still over there teaching people? Don't you really care? Do you see how long these people are out here waiting to have it had lunch, and you just keep preaching? Are you ever going to put a cap on it? Nah. They traveled with him. They found out he was the most unique individual that they have ever had or ever met. The reality is he performed miracle after miracle. Today we're going to talk about the power of needing one another and how you manage in relationships with one another. Everybody needs community and everybody needs family. And you might say, I don't need anyone. Just hang on. There will come a time and you'll be challenged to change your mind. You may say, I don't like people. Well, you don't have the heart of God if you don't like people because Jesus loved people. Not only that, he died for individuals. But here's something, if we're going to grow in community and we're going to go from whatever it is, 180, 170 to 212, here's what we have to do. You have to say and ask yourself the question, do I desire to grow spiritually? Front row, do you desire to grow spiritually? Front row, do you desire to grow spiritually? Back row, do you desire to grow spiritually? All right? If you say, I do, then you're going to have to say, what's my strategy? If I desire to go, go uh, and grow spiritually, if I'm going to get to 212, what do I need to do? Well, I've decided I want to, go, I want to grow spiritually. Well, you're going to have to have a strategy, and you're also going to have to have some discipline that is there. And you're going to have to learn to say no to some things that would take away from that spiritual growth. You're going to have to say, in order to meet the demand of 2.12, which brings pleasure to the heart of God, and get this, he said, the power doesn't come and the change doesn't take place until you hit 212 degrees. And when you hit 212 degrees, absolutely committed and dedicated to the cause of Christ. And some of you out there say, hey, I'm not even close. I find myself in a mess. I do the wrong thing, make the wrong decision, can't figure out, you know, well, where did I make where did I make my mistake? Chances are you have no accountability. And number two, you have no relationship with someone close that helps keep you in line from the standpoint of saying, you said you wanted to grow spiritually, but that behavior right there is the furthest thing away from growing spiritually, period. But you know what? You get to choose. You get to be the person who makes the decision and determine whether you're going to stand by it. But here's one of the things that helps us grow. It's called the power of confession, the power of confession. James 5, verse number 16 says, let's read it on three. Here we go. One, two, three. Here we go. Confess your sins to, let's read it again. Confess your sins to one another. Now in the balcony, you, you folks just 
But in the balcony, loudly, would you say it? Read it again. Here you go. Confess. Now, I didn't have you read it three times because you all needed it more than these. Just want you to know that. Confess. Well, what does that mean? Ha. Hey, brother, I sinned last night and had a wrong thought, you know. Hey, sister, I want you to know I saw a good-looking man, and I turned my head toward him. I watched him walk away. I thought, oh, Lord, I'm confessing that to you. Hey, I, I took a grape at the produce counter at Publix the other day. I, should, I shouldn't have done it, I know, but I'm, I'm confessing to you. That is not what he's talking about. I'm, I, I wouldn't stick around if you're going to go around and confessing all that stuff. Amen? I'm gonna, I, 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 I felt I should have tipped her 20%, but I was a cheapskate, and I tipped her 10%. I'm confessing that to you right now. You want to make it right, go back and give the gal the other 10%. I've been, how many remember the days? Some of you do not, but I remember the days years and years ago because I was raised in the Assembly of God Church. We used to have popcorn testimony. Have you ever heard of popcorn testimony? That's right, six of you. <laughs> popcorn testimony was that all of a sudden, usually in a youth service and sometimes in a small church, they'd have popcorn testimony. You'd just jump up and give testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to thank, I heard one lady one time, this is true, I want you to know. This is what she said. I want you to know the devil's been after me all day long, and he's done everything that he can to destroy me. Bless his holy name. (laughs) The devil's been after you all week to destroy you. Bless his holy name. You know, uh, I'm thinking something's wrong with that. I saw another one get up and said, confession. I just think I need to confess. My husband's running around on me, ain't you? You're running around on him. My kids, I know, are on drugs. Some of them are drinking. And y'all know you shouldn't be doing that. I'm just letting y'all know, confessing my family's sin. And it's just got to stop. Hallelujah. That makes you want to stay in church, doesn't it? Not me. Well, what does it mean? Confess your sins to one another. You confess your sins to God, but there's got to be a reason because that gives us an opportunity to take the mask off. Confessing your sins to one another may be usually in a one-on-one situation to where someone that you know, love, and trust, or maybe it's that small group, that intimate group that you share with. We have a group of men that have small group men's meetings at restaurants all over uh, the area, and they'll go, maybe three or four of them at breakfast, maybe five of them at breakfast, but they sit around and say, hey, man, I've been struggling with some challenges in my life, struggling in my business, struggling here, and I just want you to know uh, I need prayer. And they'll, they'll pray together one with another and believe God for the answer. I remember the time and a number of years ago that a young man who who was uh, at Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri. But before that, he's the one that I've talked to you about that, that had 500 pounds of marijuana in his trunk when he got saved. And when he came to me and said, Pastor, listen, I have 500 pounds of marijuana in my trunk right now. You do? <laughs> yeah. He said, what am I going to do with it? thought, what are, what are, what are, what are, what are we going to do with it? <laughs> He said, yeah, I communicated with the police chief. That time I was working on one, his son to the Lord. He said, Pastor, I reckon, you know, I, I didn't hear this conversation. <laughs> he said, you probably just need to burn it. I said, okay. 
we'll burn it. And we did. We drew the biggest crowd we've ever had in my whole ministry. <laughs> what can I say? Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> How many of you can recognize marijuana when you smell it? How? 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 How, how, do, y'all, how do you know? Y'all been, how many can recognize the smell, but you have now been redeemed? May I see your hand? Oh, thank God. Redeemed. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> and, you, and you know who I'm talking about. But it was an amazing situation. So he goes to Evangel, and he's there he's studying for ministry. And he comes home on Christmas break, and he's passing around, I'll talk to you. So okay, let's talk. He said, I got my girlfriend pregnant. Oh, you did? I thought you went there to study. <laughs> I did. She's pregnant. How do you know? He said, well, we know. I said, are you sure you know? Yes. He said, what am I going to do? I said, you should have asked that question before. <clears throat> you knew what you were doing was wrong. You did it anyway. Now, I could have blown up in his face and said, what, are you an idiot? You know, you have no discipline. You have zero accountability. What's up? I said, okay, let's talk to Jesus about it. You know, this is going to be a step we're going to have to work through. But you wouldn't be here if you didn't feel, hey, I need to get things right with Jesus. And we prayed that prayer, and he prayed that prayer, and he wept. And he came through, and I said, okay, that's done. Now now we can move forward. He said, one more thing. He said, I, I need you to go with me to tell my daddy. Now, his daddy at one time was a brawler. It was Big John was his name. I need you to go with me to tell him because Big John had been saved but hadn't been saved that long. He still needed a whole lot of sanctification. So we went to the house, and his daddy was there, and I said, Marty's here, and uh, he has something that he needs to confess, something he needs to get right with God. And he said, well, you got your girlfriend pregnant? Made it real easy. (laughs) Yep. Yep. What'd you do that for? I said, we prayed. Matter of fact, why don't we pray now? Because he began to shake. And usually when a person starts shaking, it means they're about ready to explode. And the best way to keep a person from exploding is say, now let us pray. Because usually when a person starts praying, they go to sleep. (laughs) Y'all know it's the truth. We've been fasting and praying around here. I mean, hundreds and thousands of cards we had. Get the staff. If you want to put them to sleep, give them 10 cards and say, pray over these. (laughs) We wouldn't let them go to sleep. I can tell you, he married that girl. It's been almost 40 years ago. He now has children. He has grandchildren, one of them in full-time ministry. After that confession and lives today and loves Jesus as a counselor with the Teen Challenge program and 
God took something that could have been very difficult and turned it into absolutely something that is beautiful. Why? Because confession is good. The fact is, I want to reconcile myself with God. You see, you can do what you want to. You can live any way you want to, and you can hide any way you want to hide. But the reality is, is this. Confession, as it relates to one another, is extremely important. And we know that individuals, you say, well, there's something that's bothering me, and I need to get it right. Well, let me encourage you, the opportunity to get guidance, and that's what he did. He came to me. We, we took care of it with his father, whom he was accountability for, and that was it. And we moved forward by the grace of God. Proverbs 3, verse number 5, trust in the Lord with all of your, um, all of your um, heart, and do not rely on your own insight. Come on, y'all. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him, and what will he do? He will direct your path. He said, hey, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own insight. Oh, let me go to pastor. Or let me go to my mom and dad. Let me go to the person I'm in the, that's in authority over me. Let, me. let me go to that individual. Let me go to that group of four or five men that I know that love me and that everything is there is confidential. I don't want to lean to my own understanding, but I want to trust in God. And I know that he and others will help me get a good direction in my path. That's the beauty as we talk about the power of small group. That's where you get it. Proverbs 11, verse 14, in the abundance of counselors, there is much wisdom. And some people try to live their life alone, just them and God. But can you imagine missing corporate worship? Can you imagine missing the song that we sang a few minutes ago, and we're going to sing it again tonight and just believe God? Can you imagine having zero fellowship? Why in the world did God create a woman in the garden? Why? Because he knew that men, man, man needed fellowship. Why did God create Adam? If you read your Bible, you know it was for the purpose of fellowship with mankind. So if it's good enough for God, good enough for Jesus, wouldn't you think that it's important in fellowship for you and me if we're going to go to 212 degrees? If we're going to go to 212 and above, we're going to need that accountability. And we enjoy it. It takes accountability, it takes structure, and it takes time to say, I'm going to 212. I'm really going to be there. I don't want to be at 110 degrees. I want to get to 212 degrees. And then here's what happens. Sometimes in life, you, uh, people want to advise other people. I call them shotgun advisors. And you've heard me say from this pulpit, we archived all the messages. Be careful when you give advice. When you speak into someone's life, be careful that you don't do it unless you're asked. Unless you're asked. Why? Because God did not deputize all of us to be little sheriff deputies to go around speaking into everybody's life. Well, brother, you look unhappy. It must be because you and your wife are having problems. Jesus, I'm praying for you. Get back away from me. God never called us to judge. Somebody say amen. Never called us to take up the little deputy badge and try to straighten everybody out because most of us have enough dirt on our back porch that we need to take care of, much less take care of somebody else's. 
I know y'all with me out there. How about back there in row number 47? Back there? That's it. We don't even have 47 rows. <laughs> Small groups. I want to grow. I want to mature. I want, I want to be blessed. I want God to move in a special, special way. People often will say, Pastor, I'm right down. I'm thinking about a career change. What do you think I ought to do? I don't know. Do you get the backstory? You know what's going on? Speaking to somebody's life? That's important. We know that, that when we face pain and difficulty and you're boiling at 212 degrees, here's what happens. When you have relationships and fellowship, one of the largest small groups in the church is right here in the Peace families. That's Robbie Peace. He hasn't always been peaceful, but he's been peace all his life with Audrey. Bottom line, big group. The, uh, the Jan Sites, Gary, we had Gary's funeral. Yesterday was a week ago. Do you know who stood with them through his entire sickness? His small group. The small group they were plugged into. They said, you need food? We got it. You need somebody to clean the house? We got it. Somebody to do the lawns? We got it. You need help, Jan? Yeah. Gary died. Here we are. Show up. And at the funeral, they all sat together. Why? Because they care about one another. Here's what we know. Most churches now, if you try to find a church on Sunday night to go to in this city, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to keep searching pretty hard. And if you find a church that really has a service that's meaningful on Wednesday night, you're going to have to search pretty hard. Why? Because culture's dictated, hey, if you just come on Sunday morning, that's all culture can take. I'm here to tell you, if you don't have something in addition to that, and you come here on Sunday morning, no matter how good the worship, the preaching, and the worship is, my friend, you probably are not going to reach 212 degrees. But here's what's going to happen. When you make a decision, after you come on Sunday morning, I need a couple of people to be accountable to and to love God with. I want to help somebody else. I want to get my devotions right. I want my prayer life to be right. I want to be able to be witnesses. I want to be engaged in some area of service in the church. That's when you go from 180 to 200. 112 because you do something in addition to that. And not to mention, there are people in this church that need you. They need you. So what do you do? Here's the first, one of the first things you do. You deal with yourself in endeavoring to reconcile with others. How many has ever had an enemy? Y'all gone to sleep? How many of you know of a person that's an enemy of yours? You're not that sweet. We all have enemies. Do you know you probably already offended two or three people this morning just by showing up? <laughs> and hopefully you're not living with the person who was hoping you wouldn't get up this morning. <laughs> you say, you're kidding. Oh, no. But here it is. You deal with the fact of reconciliation. That happens often in a small group. Here's what James 1.23. Any one of you listen to the Word of God but doesn't do what it says? Let me read that again. I need to slow down. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a person who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Wow. I don't remember 
Do you remember the last commitment that you made to Jesus to really live for him? And you got away from the reflection of his spirit. And now you don't even recognize yourself. Do you know the time that you looked in the mirror and said, I'm on fire? 212. Some reason or another, now that you've got away from the reflection, it's unbelievable. Reconciliation says, How do I get it right with God? How do I get it right with people? How do I confess? How do I forgive? Had an individual one time, because I've taught about relationships, I've talked about reconciliation, I've talked about forgiveness. And somebody came up and said, because I used Matthew 18, said, can you tell me where Matthew 18 is? Yeah, said Matthew 18. Didn't know where Matthew 18 was. Why? Buddy, I'm taking Matthew 18 home to my old lady. Now, let me just give you some advice. Be careful that you don't call your most prized possession, your spouse, your old lady. Well, she likes it. Have you ever taken time to ask her? Well, she knows it's a passionate moment. Well, how would you feel if she said, you old beer gut? <laughs> Doesn't mean to offend you. How many know what I'm talking about? Where's Matthew 18 at? It's in Matthew 18. He said, I'm going to take it home. I'm going to read it to her and tell her, hey, you got to straighten up right here and right now. He missed the whole point. Because the first person as it relates to building relationship and building small group is, hey, you look at you in the mirror and say, what is it that I've done that's created this situation? What have I done that contributed to the difficulty that is there? What have I done? Small group and then facing yourself in the mirror because sometimes we don't even know we have a bad attitude. But those who know, love, and trust us best do. We don't even know we're snipey, but those around us do. We don't even, we don't even know sometimes, and then we don't care whether we're sharp-tongued or not. But in small group settings and those that we've learned to build relationship with, help keep one another at 212 degrees, and that becomes less and less and less. And then it's important in building small groups because we all have groups and we all have friends. But far too often, if you're going to 212 degrees, you might just have to change some of your friends. You might just have to say, listen, these guys are my fishing buddies, but they don't add one thing to my getting closer to Jesus. They don't add one thing. All they want to do is gripe. All they want to do is draw. All they want to do is all the things that I know that's not right. Then you might consider saying, hey, I need to get me some friends who build me up. I need to get me some friends who, who help me manage growing in Jesus Christ. It's not I'm going to totally forsake them because I want to be the light. Have you been the light? And if you haven't been the light, why not? If you understand what we're talking about today as it relates, okay, I want to, hey, hey, you, hear, you know what happened? You know what he did? I, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd leave him. Get out. Wait, put that in the Bible. It's easy for somebody to give somebody else advice when you don't have to stand by it. So we need one another 
And we need the right kind of people in our lives. And we need to realize that just coming to church on Sunday morning is not going to keep us where we need to be. That we need a strategy, we need a system, and we need a discipline, and we need accountability. How many of you know where your bathroom scales are? Raise your hand. Our bathroom scales may be weird, but they're in the bathroom. (laughs) Y'all with me? That's why we call them bathroom scales. Y'all with me? Now, bathroom scales have a unique way of bringing you into accountability. Amen? You get on them, you think, wow. I ate too much yesterday, or it's just water. (laughs) We have two, or or you can, I wouldn't recommend you cheat, but you can take the little dial. And if if it's on zero, you can dial it back to 195 starting points. That way you'll get a five-pound edge when you get on them. Y'all with me? So how do you know that? Hey. We have two pair of bathroom scales in our bathroom because if I don't like one, I go to the other. (laughs) Sooner or later, I'll get it where I want it to be. But it's accountability. And here's, here's what it is. You know what happens? If you know you're putting on a few of those precious pounds of cellulite, and you do that for a week, Here's what you'll be tempted to do, not that any of you would. You'll say, I know what I weighed yesterday. I'm too busy to weigh today. And then the next day will come, and before long, you're not weighing at all because you don't like what the scale said. And if you're really going to grow in Jesus... You're going to reach 212. There's just that little smidget of accountability that comes through relationships with one another. It comes through coming to church. It comes through all the things that you said you wanted. I want to, I want to, I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. And God's going to say, here's your scales. Here they are. You get them every single day. The reality is We need that because we have far too many Christians in the church that have settled at 180 degrees. But if you're losing weight, y'all with me? You don't ever miss getting on the scales because they say, oh, another pound is gone. Look at that. Somebody openly confessed to me the other day, I lost 18 pounds, they said. I thought, did I ask? (laughs) Then I thought, I hate you. (laughs) But I got forgiveness for that. You see, that walk with God 
we confess and give our testimony, and we love Jesus, and we follow him, here's what I'm asking you to do. In your bulletin is a little brochure, actually two, one interest in becoming a host. It really is really simple. If you look at your house and say, you know, God, you blessed me with this home. The Bible says that your home, your house was created for community. That's what the Bible says. It was created for you to share with others. That's a biblical. So you say, host, but I'm, I'm not trained. You will be trained. You don't even have to know where Matthew 18 is to become a host. Just watch the video and open your home up. And then you say, I'm not in a small group, and I know that I need to be. Here's what happens. We have a lot of people that come through the door, hit the altar, or see us online, and because there is no connection after praying a sinner's prayer, there's no accountability. They, they get back to where they were, only worse. And as a church... It's important for us to reach people, but it's important for us to keep people. And as we keep people, it's done through the small group ministry. If you see this card, you say, okay, I'm not engaged, but you know, pastor, if you think it's important, I trust your leadership. Maybe, maybe we'll give it a spin. And maybe you're out there and say, you know, I tried that and I went to a group. I didn't like the people that's in it. Leave. We have a whole bunch of other groups that you can get engaged in. How many know there's just some people that you don't relate to? Hello? I mean, you've got to tolerate them, but I mean, y'all with me? Complete that. Tim and his team are at the table in the lobby, table over here, and so I just want to find out about it because here's what happens. You may say, I don't need it, but have you ever thought about this? Other people need you. Other people need you to know, hey, I know you in that group, so I'll come. I'll learn. I'll be a part of it. Well, this is kind of a community meeting among us, but the bottom line is that we get our heart right with Jesus. We're accountable to the Holy Spirit, and we say, I want to invest. I want to help somebody else get to 212 degrees. I want them to grow. I want them to be, I want to be accountable. I want something to happen in their life. And friend, our church is way too large. People say, oh, I don't like a large church. Is that right? That's why you, not at Victory. Yeah, I just couldn't take a large church. Well, where are you going now? Nowhere. Of which I think, you don't like a small church. What is the enemy doing? Tricking people and blinding them. We need one another. Say that with me. We need one another. So let's do our best and plan to be a part of it and plan to say let's grow those who need the touch of Jesus Christ. Would you stand? Nothing will ever happen of value without sacrifice. Sacrifice of your time, sacrifice of your talent, sacrifice of your testimony. It just won't happen. Nothing of value will happen unless you sacrifice. 
and begin a small group will cause you sacrifice, but the dividend and the reward of that will be beyond what you could imagine. You say, I'm new. You don't have to be new anymore. Plug in. Get in the small group. Let's believe God. Let's pray. Father, in your name, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you have spoken to us here this morning. We thank you for a great church, and we thank you for a whole lot of people, but we need more. We need more people because there are more lost people out there today than ever. And God, there are a lot of people that are in the church today who, who are stumbling around. There are some who are professing believers that they have misbehaved in sin, and they know it. And God, they're big shots. You think they know, hey, I can do what I want to. God, everything that every word that has ever been stated is written down in their record. And unless the blood covers it, it will glare at them on judgment day. But when I'm sorry and confessing our sins can wipe that sin away and we can be clean again. We're asking you for that right now. So I'm going to ask all of you here to repeat this prayer with me. Repeat it with me right now. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive, me. forgive me. I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. <laughs> I have purposely sinned. And I knew it. And I knew it. But right now, but right now, I am asking you, I'm asking you to forgive me. Purify my heart. Purify my heart. Cleanse, me. Cleanse me. I desire to be reconciled. I desire to be reconciled. With you. With you. So in Jesus' name, so in Jesus take, name my life take my life as it is, as it is right, now, right now. And let me grow. And let me grow. As I honor you. I give you praise. I give you praise. Amen. Amen. You believe God answered our prayer? Would you do this? May I encourage you to do something. May I encourage you to look at that card. Say, well, I'm going to take the card and pray about it. May I just be straight up? You don't have to pray about it. It's all in the Bible already there. You don't have to pray about what you already know is biblical, a biblical principle. You just have to do it. So you just trust God. If you need prayer, you prayed that prayer and you need prayer. You're sick in your body. You do not have to remain sick. You can be healed in Jesus' name. But here's how God says it. Any sick among you, any of you are challenged, you come down. Let them anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. So you don't have to leave here the way that you came in. And we'll trust God with you. Or you said, I've been a bad boy. I've been a bad girl. And I, I, I just need to come and connect. I want to go to the altar. As we sing this song, right before you leave, I'll give you the benediction. You come now. Would you do that? Right now. you
so Heavenly Father, you are worthy of it all. We praise you and we thank you. We're all pilgrims on the spiritual journey. And God, your word and your desire is for us to be to the place, at the degree. In Acts, the second chapter, the spirit fell and immediately life was ramped up to 212. And from there, thousands were added to the church. From there, miracles took place. From there, churches were built all over that part of the world. And even today, still, that explosion is taking place. I pray for families. I pray for family members that are lost. I, I pray for young people that are dabbling around, dabbling around with sex, dabbling around with witchcraft, dabbling around with alcohol, dabbling around with drugs. God hooked up to the wrong people. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that a Holy Spirit anointing will convict God, as we pray even now in this room, convict and set free so they can walk circumspect before you, Jesus. Let it be so. And then we pray for all those thousands of prayer cards. And we pray for the service tonight, a praise and prayer that you'll show up and give us a mighty outpouring of your spirit in your name. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget to turn your cards in, tables here, 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 everywhere. Love you, everybody.